Elizabeth Swan, threatened by the pirates Pintel and Rigetti, their cutlasses at her throat, looks up and invokes the right to parlay. Pirates look at her, what? And it's like, yes, I want to parlay. Take me to your captain. And they look very disappointed and they haul her off to Captain Barbosa for having to have a, a talk. And uh, in the end, uh, Barbosa keeps her prisoner because, well, parlay is really more of a guideline than a rule. That's right. Welcome to Like Dragon, Like Sun. If you don't understand what just happened there, we're talking about parlaying. That is to uh, talk with the creatures that uh, you normally might just attack that's right this is a DD podcast father and son and we are talking about parlaying with monsters right this is one of the three big pillars of uh well dnd social interaction well, part of it most definitely is but this, this is, is a, big a part social of interaction component of it and uh and honestly the one of the harder pillars to do in I dnd th- i think with encounters especially with monsters we tend to just jump right into combat yeah, everybody loves the combat it's true but Your there's characters a, are a, built for yeah. combat there's a moment before that though there is a, a a time before swords are drawn where discussion can be held yeah uh and that is often very hard uh, as both a dm and a player to know quite what to do. Yeah, how do we traverse this this conversation, this this back and forth? And I think one of my favorite part of many, like some of my favorite actual play games is when there is a bit of conversation with monsters, not just straight into fight. I mean, obviously some are just hunting and maybe like, you know, beasts hunting are sure. probably just gonna attack and, you. But. And usually there's a player in the, in the party with a high charisma score who's super excited about the idea of of talking to things because he's got deception or she's got really great persuasion uh, or maybe they're even, you know, really good at intimidating or one of these sort of, usually those three sort of skill sets. Although with a disguise six kit and some persua- um, performance, maybe an actress background, maybe there's another element there of a different type of deception as well mm. or distraction that could go on. Um, and I think straight off the top, I want to suggest though, that when you go into this, this isn't like, okay, I'm going to replace a whole battle with me making a really high charisma check and just turning these monsters into my new best friends. Mm. That's really not how this works. That right in the DM's guide, if you need, again, as Barbosa called it guidelines for parlaying there's a uh, sort of a conversation reaction guidelines it there's there's three categories whether the creature you're talking to is friendly indifferent or hostile towards you mm-hmm. it it affects then what happens with your role so if you're coming up against hostile things maybe the best you can hope for if you like hit a dc20 would be that the creature uh, does whatever you're asking it to do as long as there is no risks or sacrifices on its behalf, right? So that's your that would probably be what the best you could get uh, from a hostile creature. Mm. Uh, but imagine let's try and let's take this out of you know theoretical. Try and imagine this. There's a, a maybe like a chimera of sorts, you know, or a, a, a manticore, right? this thing is hostile you know you're in its space super territorial it's it's angry with you yet you can convince it through your gestures your mannerisms or whatever that you know it doesn't back off but uh it you know at least it it doesn't attack you know it's like it's okay we're just passing through let us pass through you know even though it's hostile uh as long as you 
Sure. And this, and so you I'm not suggesting that we're, we're dealing with NPCs that are part of say a story or it could and be though. Very it well could, could be. be, it could be, or you could decide to add a little bit of clues into a scenario like this, but these are often, this could be anything from you have a random encounter or a sort of minor encounter that you'd sort of plan before a bigger one. And you want to, you want to provide the players with, you know, one other option besides straight up fighting. Mm. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be fighting. I mean, that's sort of what leads to murder hoboiness. You know, people exactly. are like, I don't get why my players always kill everything I put in front of them. Did Maybe you give them a chance to talk to it? Yeah. It's hard. Like, it's it's kind of not what we think to go to. It's not our instincts to so, move into. So in today's episode, to we're going to gonna, we're gonna do, we're going to go through some of this. Uh, there's some new, there's some really cool new uh, ways to parlay with monsters yeah. in particular. Tasha's, Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything has a whole cool section of stuff that mm. helps you as a DM come up with a few ideas of just what it is that the, uh, the monster maybe wants. Uh, and understanding its motivations is the first step to then you know, hinting at those for the player uh, and see where that goes, whether the player can can leverage that, uh, knowing what the creature wants and see if they can negotiate in mm. some way um, to get past the creature without having to fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the first step to knowing kind of what a monster wants is to know a little bit about the monster. And so what I appreciate about this Tasha section is that it even gives you skills to research or know a little bit about monsters. This could be just for, you know, what they want, but also could be generally if you spend a little bit of time, we've talked about, you know, skills in the past and things like that. If could you just spend some time with that skill researching a type of monster, like very Witcher style, you know, yeah. learning about it. Yeah, if you had foreknowledge that you were going up a mountain that had, you know, particular scary mountain hags on it, then You'd be like, oh. Let's learn a little bit about hags. Let's ask around about, you know, these mountain hags, these the, anise hags. I suppose it, it also depends how you ask about it, but it suggests for fake creatures, arcana or nature. You know, yeah. so that could even suggest right there some, some different approaches. You could turn and ask the wild lens around you, perhaps if you're a druid or can speak to animals in that way, you know, and learn about their doings, their workings, you know, or try and take samples of the, the land around them, you mm. know, or, or I honestly, for hags, I'd probably allow history as well. If they well, have these a, ones, a history, but the, the story behind, if we're going to be talking about these, uh, the Annis hag, it's that they're, they have actually the ability to speak giant. Um, so I think they're, and they're quite tall. They're like 10 foot sort of, they're quite big creatures. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they like to play little tricks on the, on mountain villagers and, uh, lure their children away and eat them. Mm. Uh, so every village would be telling stories to their be be bedtime stories, to their children. Yeah. That'd be um, an easy history check to yeah. learn that they come and take eat yeah. children. And you anything know? that becomes a nursery rhyme is pretty widespread in mm. any culture. That's like an um, even free freebie. Like no matter the role, I'd tell. That's a pretty low. Like that that's one, a DC you know? five in the tavern. No, to even find if the they roll a natural one, I think. <laughs> like, are one. you kidding me? You've never heard the story of so and so. Exactly. Um, there's some things yet. Yeah, exactly. We we talked about this before as well. There's times you don't need to let make force your players to roll, hmm. and I think sometimes if you are, if you are sort of thinking, I want to make my encounters, I want to give my always have this option available in my encounters it's really is worth just letting the players have some knowledge and information mm. um, about things they're coming up against. At least then they can, they'll always, if they have, they know a little bit, it'll always let them try to do the social interaction uh, component. And that may still go terribly, horribly wrong. Mm. Um, but at least you've had some fun role-playing and exploring the social pillar uh, exactly. before you have to roll for initiative. Mm. And then when you get to the moment, and you've learned a little bit about maybe what it wants. I mean, our haggy example is, you know, children, you know? Oh, yeah. But yummy, I, yummy I, children. I, as a DM, think, okay, fae, to me, in all the fairy tales, it's the people, you know, tricking or outsmarting or, or twisting the words against oh, those sure. fae being And, and hags are always like that as well. I mean, hags are, you'd sort of imagine them to be quite deceptive uh, tricksters. Mm. So, yeah, the idea of you 
tri- tricking a trickster is super exciting, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'd do something, you know, like, oh, you just, you want any sort of child, you know? And I, like, if I go, yes, yes, bring me a child. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll bring one, you know, and you just bring, it's like, well, this is a child. Well, you say, you can say, well, I, I see... Maybe she's got a coven. There's a couple other That's hags true. with her. Yeah, that would require a really big role if you try and convince her that to eat her own coven members because well, they're children. Technically, there she's mm-hmm. a child. She had a mother, did she not? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you didn't ask for a human child. You didn't ask for a human child. You just ask for a child. Trixie. I think at that point, uh, a fake creature, especially if you get some good roles, would accept that. As a DM, I, I'd accept that, especially mm. if you can play well, with their words. Yeah. I. I so. The question you always have to ask yourself as a DM is the conversation, the way that it's going, the way that you're sort of just naturally feeling it as you role play your way through it. Um, is it, is, are the things that the players are saying, is it moving the creature from being hostile towards indifferent? Mm. With the roles we like rules we talked about you know earlier with conversation reactions in terms of you know friendly and different and hostile instead of like using checks to bump up or lower levels which may be a result of certain checks i'd rule i think we've talked about this we'd rule it where um the role play changes the level and then you make the role to see what the outcome is you know like if you you know have good words or as a player you can role play something that would turn you know the hag from hostile to indifferent then i'll let you like then i roll on the indifferent chart you know instead sure. of the hostile chart if you can roll and play to me I, that you i know? would suggest that okay so if you're gonna do persuasion right mm. and and actually i've got a little list of these also for deception um because these are two ways to sort of go persuasions runs on a bit more of the honest end of the spectrum whereas the deception one is far more sort of you know lying about it but so persuasion is bargaining. Mm. Persuasion is debate. Persuasion is etiquette. Persuasion may be seduction. Uh, or persuasion could be a demonstration of leadership. Mm. A sort of a heroic sort of call of some sort. If you sort of look at it in terms of those sort of five uh, elements, if you have those sort of written on your like a little piece of paper in front of you if your social interaction Rewind. skills and you sort of think to yourself okay i'm coming in like i'm going to try and interact with this this hag who's say guarding a, a bridge across a mountain ravine like the only way your party gets to go on easily at this point is if it can get across this bridge and or so across the valley underneath you know there's all sorts well, of a long ways down. down there yeah know? uh and you have to start back up the mountain again so you don't want to do it so you're thinking all right so and there could be like natural environmental hazards so can we can i bargain with this creature can i debate this creature uh or again we thinking you know is there an etiquette a protocol of some sort can i sweet talk her in some way or are we definitely going to have to be deceiving right and deceiving has its own sort of you know set of elements um which is sort of i think again there's maybe five of them that i like to think of um two are kind of similar the acting and disguise sort of components of deception which also may involve a disguise kit or something um there's a boasting component uh, to deception there's a fast talking which is sort of the lying and just you know deliberately talking quickly and trying to throw people off with your intent of what you want um or a sort of a mimic mimicry sort of one where you're uh you know trying to to you know again maybe this is for more acting in disguise where you are trying to convince them that you're someone that that or something else is going on that's not really happening so they're sort of like are you going to do that when you you socially interact with them you're going to try and basically fast talk around them or boast or somehow act like you uh that you're going to promise children that aren't there or trick them in some way, or are you going to go on the persuasive way well, of I think there can to... be a way to persuade without trick, you know, like, or trick without deception. Sure. You know, I, I think we look at and maybe that's debate. With that maybe moment, that's debate you know? uh, in a way moment. as well, right? Like it's just about using good rhetoric in a way that allows uh, your party to, you know, yeah, get yeah. past. But I, I like honestly some of the offerings listed in 
Tasha's are quite funny, you know. Uh, if you can do a little bit of research or figure out what exactly they want to gain a bit of advantage in conversation, uh, things could include, um, for aberrations, giving them brains or organs of certain creatures. Well, this is great, yeah. I mean, this is what I love about Tasha's is they, they have all these, like, these actual things in there now. So you're like, okay, so if I know that I can, like, you know, I can, my options are things like bargaining or debating or using leadership. And then I know what they want at the other end. That really helps you decide a lot. Well, what tactics should I try to employ here? And I think just putting a little bit of structure like this in place for yourself as a player or even as a DM um, makes the social interaction component a lot easier. Because a lot of times people go into the social role play sort of thing and the spotlight hits you in this conversation and you're like, oh no, what, what, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Um, and so, yeah, make it easy for yourself. Have have a little list of of the sort of possible or things you can do. Or ask the DM, you know, what are and, certain approaches well, and this is it, And then take. as a DM, try to feed them the information. And even if they don't know it through their skill check role or whatever, let's just see if that, if you can make the creature say it through their own mouths. So like, you know, if there's a coven of these these things, does one of them call out to the others? Like, what is it? Is it children? Have they come to visit? I do oh, I'm so hungry for a child. Well, that's a little bit <laughs> maybe on the nose. Right? On the nose, but w- workshop it. You know, um, a little bit. I, I, although some of my favorite here, giants like a dwarf admitting giant craft to be superior to dwarf craft. Uh, dragons like flattering depictions of them. I could just imagine the dwarf you like. Oh, come on, Gimli, you just gotta tell the giant that that giant crafts. I won't do it. You can't make That's me. That's all he's asking, man. No, no, I'd rather be thrown across the gap than admit that. Yeah, I, it could be a fun moment of trying to get a dwarf to swallow their pride as well. Be a fun little roleplay moment there. I like some of those. You know, plants have things where like they could like Feywild energy, like from spring, like springs and and humanoids. You know, you know humanoids oozes like like bones or metal, which they it says they promptly absorb. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like the idea of negotiating with ooze, it's not like it's going to talk to you. Well, it's it's much like negotiating with a beast of some sort of monster. Yeah, I suppose it's, you like you can kind of like wave, uh, you know the the delicious you know steak in front of the dog and then like fling it mm. you know over the the fence and it goes chasing after it while you you know slip by um yeah that sort of stuff and, and that i think is uh you know what adds extra depth to D where it's not just based on how good you roll on your your skills mm. yeah exactly um in fact I thought maybe we could try out a little scenario like that, a little conversation where one of us could be, I don't know, we'll use our example from before, like a hag of some sort, right? Sure. You could be a hag. Do you want okay. being a hag? I could be a hag. And I will be uh, perhaps a, a ranger across, coming across the land, um, traveling by, uh, and I want to cross your, your bridge, obviously, coming from the local town, uh, which of course you've been barred from, but you're, you're getting quite the hunger for children. Uh, once again so i approach here can i um sure, can sure, i have sure. pass me tasha's there i'll so like i said we kind of know what um but mm. all right so help me out here roll a, a d4 sure for thing. me four all right okay uh, give me a sec here. Sure thing. All right, so we're setting the scene here. Maybe uh, we, we'll use the mountainous, you know, valleys before she's guarding some bridge of some kind in this scenario, you know, and she, she, there's something that, like, she guards it, and obviously she doesn't want creatures to cross it, especially if they look like me. Yeah, so it's, a, it's you're, you're climbing the mountain uh, because you've, you're trying to find uh, someone who's lost their, their mind uh, and is now uh, traveling the mountain uh, a wizard companion of yours. Uh, the only way really across here has is this bridge. Uh, oh, we have to go below, and there's there's you know storms and terrible you know things. You know, it'll take, it'll take days beneath, off your, you know, exactly. your to, to to redo this again, and your friend may be dead by then. So yeah, you come across uh, yeah, sort of a a rickety 
uh, old bridge uh, at the narrowest point across this ravine. It's about 40 feet across this bridge. Um, too far to jump. And sure enough, uh, on the far side of the bridge, you can see there is a 10 foot tall, uh, ugly, hunched backed creature, almost looking as if it's got, at first you think that it's a bundle of sticks it's carrying on its back, but it's actually almost like it's got growths of like dead tree branches growing out of its back and it's got sort of swollen bulbous pussy bumps and lumps on it and it's covered in sort of rags and it's sort of ugly face with a few gnarly teeth sticking out of its mouth at funny angles and it sees you almost before you see it and you hear the cackling <laughs> We have a visitor. Sisters, come quickly. And you hear the boom, boom, boom of the heavy footfalls of these ten-foot-tall creatures as they gather towards the other end of the bridge. Oh, why, hello, ladies. I, I suppose I've come to cross your bridge. Thou shalt not pass. This is our bridge, and it only for those who are friends of the sisters. Oh, or I'd love to get to know you. Uh, I mean, I suppose, what could I do for you? I have a friend on the other side uh, who desperately needs help. I'm afraid he sort of lost his mind. I'm looking for him. Is there What's your favorite enemy? To, uh, well, obviously Faye. Right. Um, they... What languages do you speak? I speak sylvan, uh, common, undercommon. So in a language you don't quite understand, they turn to one another. You think it's probably giant and they confer amongst themselves. And they turn back and say, you may pass if you can Offer us something that we desire. Oh, of course, yes, of course. What, what is it that you want? Well, we're very hungry. Do you have any babies? <laughs> they all giggle to oh, themselves, wow. knowing that you don't. Well, uh, I don't seem to be carrying on any on me right now, but I'm sure I could fetch some for you. Is there any any specifics, you know? Juicy babies. <laughs> hmm? Well, let me think. Oh, I definitely I could get some babies for you somewhere. In fact, I, I shall return shortly. Um, is there any... Uh, Anything else you'd want of me? Anything else I could do for you? Cheer you up? In fact, here, uh, here's something I, I, I love to, to, here's something to give you something to, some time to wait and I'll pull out, um, I don't know, some, some old like memory weird thing, you know, that like, like some child children's toy, right? Um, that's like sort of like falling apart, like a little teddy bear. It's like, oh, I just know just the child this belongs to, I could bring him to you. <gasps> Yes, where's the, bring the child, bring the child. So I toss the teddy bear um, and I begin, I, I, I shall return shortly. So the teddy bear lands partway onto the bridge and one of the big hags lumbers out onto the bridge which strains under her weight and creaks and sways as she picks it up and she holds it to her nose and smells it in. Oh, smells like babies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they all giggle and chortle to themselves. <laughs> she looks back at her friend, holds it up, and again says something in a language you don't quite understand. I, I so what do you, what's you, what's you, what trot you, what, back down the hill. What are you hill, going to go do? Uh, to the local village. It's like a two-day journey. Oh, well, okay, I, I, I investigate the, the plains around me. Are there any goats, any any animals Yeah, there's this, there's that travel in families? Yeah, there's animals on the hill. 
Sure. All right. Like, I will try and take a baby. A baby animal. A baby animal. Like a, a, what, like a bird from a nest or something? Sure. Anything. Like a, a baby goat, maybe something like that, you know, that's okay. any sort of baby like of some kind. We're, so you're a ranger, so we'll assume you've got pretty high survival skills here. Yeah, I've got expertise in survival. Right. Uh, maybe even a outlander background. Absolutely. So, yeah, you can forage and find these sorts of things mm. uh, easily. Um, so, yeah, what do you want to get? Well, okay, I'm perhaps uh, traveling through some of the mountain peaks. Uh, earlier, I, perhaps I saw some uh, goats of, of, yeah, of the right. region. You so know? You, you, want a, you want something as big as a goat? Well, I want a little baby one. All right. Well, the goat's still pretty big. I mean, okay. We let's say you can. It it takes you it takes you an hour or two to to go back and track uh, some of the mountain goats. Uh, it does bleat like crazy. Like a, a baby goat is is a sort of mm. it kicks and bleats and by it's difficult to yeah, hold on by to. By the wording, I, I know that a baby goat is called a kid, mm. quite literally. So I return and I say, I've, I've brought you a child. I brought you a kid. I say to them, I brought you a kid. Right. It's a baby and a, a kid. It's a baby, let alone a kid. Absolutely. And. Or, but I say, but before I show you. All right, so you're like in a sack or something. Right, in a sack. It's like, I, I, brought, <laughs> I brought you a kid. Right. Much like you've asked. But I promise, I, I've, I've brought my end of the deal, if you promise to keep yours I say to the hags there and trust me if I fail to, if I break the deal and if I haven't brought you a kid I haven't brought you a baby you are free to eat me up gobble me up do what with my bones what you will do you agree so now this is the point where I want you to roll persuasion all right. What's what's my bonus here? Uh, you tell me. Well, you've got a good charisma score as a ranger. Probably not. No, oh, why not? No. Plus two, maybe. Sure. Let's but, do plus two plus proficiency bonus. Let's say that's a plus three at this point. I'll roll with a plus five. How about that? All right. Oh. Not a great roll. Eleven. Right. So an eleven is kind of if you if we're looking at the little conversation reaction it's actually enough to to cross a the sort of middle threshold mm. and i think as a dm the a lot of players a lot of dms out there would look at 11 possibly as a sort of failed sort of role um so if i look at the persuasion just the persuasion chart here for a indifferent creature right, so at this, point? this one's at this point indifferent um the creature does as asked as long as no risks of sacrifice are involved now so that they are actually i think looking at a sacrifice here that they're thinking well we could get this but we have to let him across our bridge so i'm thinking they're going to try and contest this a little bit so what i'm going to do is have the hag roll a insight check. Let's see what happens here. Notice I'm not really being deceitful, sort of intentionally. Just having a quick look at their character sheet. Although I am doing a little bit of trickery, for sure. So we're going to give them a plus two on this. Okay. Wow, good roll, 19. Right, so there's a pretty big gap there between your persuasion. They uh, they can hear this bleeding of the goat in the bag. And they're like, Wait a second. That's the old pig in a poke trick, isn't it? I want to see what's in the bag before I agree. Sure, well, do you want a kid? Show us. It sound doesn't sound like a baby. And I, <laughs> at this point, 
do I reveal that it's a baby goat? Good question. I... Alright, as you wish. I dump out the satchel's content. Revealing a baby goat. One of the, the sisters from the back goes, Oh, lunch! And the other one's like, No, we're holding out for a bit. And then it switches to another language. And then... You can see there's dissension in their ranks that one of them, at least, would be happy to settle for the the goat. But the other ones are holding out, thinking that you might actually deliver on this. Right. Well, I said, is this not a kid? Is this not a baby? Hmm. I do appreciate your cunning turn of phrase. Perhaps... You are good enough to turn other phrases as well. <laughs> and they giggle. Here's what we'll do. If you can recite a sublime poem for Granny, you shall cross the bridge. If not, we shall eat you as the main course after we have the goat appetizer. <laughs> So this puts, you know, this puts a little bit more sort of a pressure on you now to have to make a performance of some sort. Right. Well, you want a sublime poem. So I've gotten this from the parlaying with monster section of Tasha's. Mm. Under fake creatures, we rolled a d4 and the four was... Uh, that if you can offer them a sublime poem, that that might satisfy um, their needs. So, but I'm going to make sure that that for the players, I'm going to set this up that there's something on the line. At this point, we want to keep escalating the story. the The goat trick didn't really work. We're now at a sort of point where uh, there's a consequence to this poem going badly. Uh, but at the same time, I'd, I'd still let you, if you want to try and wriggle some mm. more out of doing this, I would let that continue to happen as well. Hold on, and I'll grab some, what's something that could go from a solid to directly to a vapor? What? <laughs> the definition of sublime through my thesaurus <laughs> ranger. <laughs> Maybe this is a bit too silly. I begin reciting a poem. Right. Okay. Um, would there be a check behind this? Yeah, it's a poem to recite here. Although, could I? I quickly. If up, the better uh, your poem on this, uh, the uh, the more you might be able to shift from them from hostile to indifferent on their check. Ah, here I've got a perfect poem from you. I'm sure you'd like this one. Take me in your arms, old hag. Let's claim the word together. We won't be broken by images that women must be young forever. They're scared of all our knowledge, the secrets we might possess. Reclaim the hag with old and young. Won't be made to feel we're less. Oh, that was a good poem. Make a performance check. Let's see how you do on this. I'm sure maybe I don't have proficiency in performance. So let's just add a plus two. Natural 20 plus oh, two to 22. 22. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they agree that with that, they will accept your baby goat offering unless you cross the bridge. But... I'm keeping the teddy bear, too. Ha, go for it. And that's could be the encounter. Perfect. There's no need to fight. No need for a chase from the hags. What level were you imagining your character at? Level five. Yeah, because there's like three CR6 hags standing right there. Pretty deadly encounter. Although they're not so magical, really. Um, if I could have done anything, I could have disguised. They could have been in disguises. Uh, a little bit more in the bridge. They could have looked like something else. Mm. Uh, lured you in a bit more. Um, but besides that, they can also only cast like Fog Cloud, which isn't terribly dangerous. But their crushing hug and their claws and bites, oof, they'll come at a plus eight to hit. So 
Good they luck. crush, hug the goat. <laughs> yeah, they do. They crush, hug, and eat the goat. Uh, yeah, the crush does uh, 96 plus 5 points of damage, so, but averaging about 36 points of damage on that crush hug. That's pretty bad. Uh, they get multi-attack as well, so they can they can also bite and throw in another uh, 15 points of damage. But that was a that. quick example of potential social right. interaction what, and there. without you taking 150 points of damage from mm, them exactly without me having to fight three hacks as a level five character would he'd be dead by mm. these things for sure but not all monsters can really talk in no. the same way that that creature could sure or be tricked in a similar capacity you know or have similar desires i mean perhaps i'm talking with a celestial a key rin of sorts um what would that would what would a Kirin want you know like let me rule like we don't have to role play this per se but like if I roll a two what could be the social situation there is he guards um, the bridge instead right an oath to do three charitable deeds before dawn yeah before the the sun sets sun sets or yeah, yeah. no that's what before the sun rises before the sun rises but you could you could have changed it to, to yeah. whatever but you know while while the sun's eye you know beams upon you the radiant mm. eye beams upon you you must perform three acts of of purity and goodness sure yeah or or even to have the the characters recite three good deeds that they've done tell the tale of them Mm. Um, to cross the bridge and so the characters will either at this point have to faithfully faithfully perform a rendition of yeah something that they've actually done in their adventures that was good and if they've done nothing but be murder hobos then they're going to have to lie to this thing which um, can is canonically (laughs) senses lies um which probably won't go so well um yeah, uh, or somehow persuade it to take something else in exchange. Um, pity, exactly. Or say we can perform acts of goodness yeah. for you, you know, um, and see if it'll take if it'll buy that. I think you know this is a quick way to get started. If it's you're also, kind of uncomfortable, it's also faster. This is also faster if, for those who are playing online or playing an improv than running than running combat with another battle map. Mm. like yeah it's true that you may still end up in that space like you should have your map and things ready um but have an option like this available where you're like okay like when i we just did here like i was we were just making that up sort of Mm. as we went like i had i hadn't really thought through we don't really know the adventure we don't really know what your character (laughs) wants or anything we were just sort of like kind of winging it but um but the idea of like when if I was thinking ahead for prepping for, for a session and knew, knowing that you'd be heading up this mountain, um, I would have thought a little bit about, you know, what these things want that maybe you had already or you'd come across, maybe make it more of a sacrifice for you to decide, do I want to give up something that is semi-precious to me or that I mm-hmm. might need down the line? or something else like that. Or is this worth it? You know? uh, or betraying somebody else uh, or something in order to get across. Or using and, magic to get across. Yeah. Uh, and just provide those sorts of conflicts for the players rather than just always making it a physical fight to get across. Mm. If I was a transmuter wizard, I would approach that situation by maybe turning the hag a bit younger. <laughs> By destroying the stone, and suddenly, oh, that's a child, nom, 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 you know, or whatever. I'm sure they'd also just appreciate being a little bit younger, looking a little bit younger. But yeah, well, they can do the disguise self thing, um, and I guess I could have, like, again, if I was thinking this through a little better, like, better in advance, that the there could be a list what, of things that what they you would have you know? what you would have met at the bridge might have looked very different. Mm. Um, it might have been. Yeah, might they might have posed as damsels in distress or something even, or they might have done something that was more, uh, that was also just trying to trick you uh, to start with as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's more work as a DM in some ways to to try and prep the social component to the things, but I think it's worth it, and I think it it allows your game to have. Uh, 
because we often will have like NPC conversations in the tavern or someplace, you know, where clearly a nonviolent conversation space, but the potentially violent conversation space uh, where there's risk of, especially if you put creatures that outgun the players completely, then it really does sort of put the emphasis and the uh, on on social interaction and the consequences, which is really always what we want when we're doing skill checks, is there to be the the downside of this of things going badly will be, yeah, we're gonna have to fight or run away or something. But the but to keep in mind that there's these tables these, that if the players are doing a really good job, making a real effort to do some cool role play, that it shifts the whole, like from hostile to indifferent or possibly indifferent to friendly, it can shift the whole nature of that encounter so that it doesn't have to be a fight. Mm. Yeah. I suppose that's a big takeaway from today's episode is that we don't always have to resort to combat. I mean, combat, don't get me wrong, super fun, but maybe try talking a little bit. And I've actually thought about trying to develop a system where talking looks a little bit more like combat but I think that might also just take too much time and be a little bit too dense. Yeah, I, I mean, I uh, often in, in my games, if there's, we'll have things where we have, the players have to try and keep somebody talking for a number of rounds. And each of the players on different rounds can use their turn to to keep moving the conversation forward or if the, previous characters like kind of like fizzle it on the conversation to help pick it up or change direction with it or do things while maybe in another part of the house the rogue is sneaking around looking in all the upstairs bedrooms mm. um and meanwhile downstairs you're trying to like keep them going or we've we've done this as well in the the forest with one or one of our one shots uh the there was a spell caster who was ritual casting uh so needed 10 rounds to get the spell off well that's and not quite ritual but 10 minutes right or was it 10 minutes it was a one minute casting oh, or okay, something okay yeah. um anyways and yeah and you guys had to keep the keep the baddie talking for that like mm. whole minute uh so a 10 rounds is actually a long time to go back and forth on the yeah the conversation you guys were struggling on that one that was a that was a really tough challenge yeah i was around round seven where we were like all right whatever through this here's an arrow to the face <laughs> yeah which then it, it continued to keep the the attention away from mm. the caster though for those last three rounds but it was still you know these are i think fun ways to sort of do challenges um where yeah you you've got to try and keep somebody talking and again this is a great way to come back and again think Am I going to flatter them? Am I going to sort of play to their egos? Am I going to, you know, debate them on something? Uh, you know, we're going to try and strike up a bargain. Are we going to try and like negotiate with them for a few minutes on on the terms of something? Like, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can draw even a slightly hostile creature into into a conversation. But again, the biggest part of it is knowing what they want. Um, finding out what that is. And then as a DM, you've just got to hopefully be on your toes enough that you can, you can work that into, into an interesting NBC. There's a lot of pressure on the DMs there too, as well to be sort of listening to what the character, the players are trying to say, and then, you know, the yes and, okay, that's what you've got. So how are we going to work with this? What's going to happen? How are we going to do this? So. Mm. Uh, yeah. And don't beat yourself up. It doesn't work. Look, worst case scenario, everybody rolls for initiative and away we go. And that's exactly. always fun too. Yeah. I mean, well, the worst thing is if there's just silence, you know, and you're not like, the, like it's kind of awkward. Well, yeah. And if, you if, you, know, like, if you don't have the understanding of the motivation, if you don't have an understanding of some of the things that you can do skill wise, then it's just simply, ha ha, you've come to my bridge. What do you want? I'm going to cross the bridge. No, you can't. Okay. Here's my sword. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, all right, well that, that was the social interaction component on that one was a little bit thin. Maybe we can do better. Um, so yeah, the more you practice it, the more you keep trying to do these things. Um, 
the more often it'll work and just, and don't worry if it doesn't work all the time. It's, it's improv and improv doesn't always fly. Sometimes it, it kind of stalls out and, uh, it's okay. Just roll it just with gets it. better with more, yeah. the more you do it. And this is the great thing about the dice too. The dice add, you know, when you get to that sort of point where you're not sure where it goes. Yeah. yeah. That let the, then the dice decide whether it's going to be, it's going to go well or, or not. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that's the bit then that you both have to sort of as DM and player. And I like your reasoning. I think rather than just like being for some, just because of the die roll, she's angry, you know, trying to explain or like, you know, questioning, like you added that, oh, the goat bleats, you know, sort of like, mm, and you can imagine that cinematic moment where like, here's a kid. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a baby. What's that? Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a baby who, who speaks, uh, speaking in... Uh, yeah, some terrible uh, sylvan curse. Goat. I speak sylvan, doesn't sound like anything thing to me. God, well, you know, it wasn't in sylvan, obviously. It's just they don't turn yeah, into yeah, an animal. Yeah, did speak sylvan. The hags did speak sylvan. Yeah, they were speaking giant. To each other, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I could have... I could have had them switch into Sylvan and maybe even then you switch into Sylvan and then they switch into giant or something like that. Like this, I don't know. Those, that was just pure flavor. That's just sort of fun. That mm. way to sort of make it seem like they, they were, that they were trying to negotiate behind your back. Like they're having their own conversations. And I, I was trying to put that as well, create an opportunity that they weren't all perhaps single focused on what they wanted as well. That while the one who's leading the conversation was adamant about babies, that maybe the other ones were like, whatever, we'll we're less, we're less like solid on the baby thing. Food yeah. is food. Mm. I mean, I could have played into that where it's like, oh, a terrible curse has been put on it. You know, if, if you perform a magic ritual, I'm sure you know how to remove curses, then uh, we could, this will turn back into a regular baby. Rules as written, actually, these of all the hags, are far more just brutes than they are. Is that an Anis hag? Yeah. Yeah, those are scary looking ones. They're like closer to like ogres or trolls than From they Orient are. type stuff. Than they are like, like spellcasty witches. So, mm. but again, I'm just, we were just picking up something on the side of the mountain yeah. uh, for fun. Uh, it was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, but you can imagine um, a conversation with a, a perhaps a younger copper dragon who would appreciate a poem in a similar fashion, you know, sure. or perhaps uh, someone taking the time to do a little quick character caricature of him. Yeah, I mean, like that. I think the reason I, I like the hag or something like that is that they they do seem to be more of a social interaction creature than say if I just said, oh well, it's a ogre. Um, and again, not maybe to pigeonhole creatures we should probably these days let everybody have a chance to talk but mm. some creatures in my mind just don't seem to be as keen on conversation in the same way but yeah. they still have their own motivations like it sure. talks about beasts wanting a piece of food or yeah. a soft little trinket to play with or yeah. i mean there's it's funny how often food is a motivator as a motivator like, i mean that's yeah it's, what that's you, a, very uni- survive, it's a very universal it. motivator but an aristocrat isn't like do you want this piece of meat like they're gonna be like what what, what is that, that, that no you know but rare bottle of wine Ooh, maybe well, that's enough to take me from friend to from indifferent to friendly sir exactly that's um, quite nice uh yeah so you know uh, different or i like things with the beast there's also you can try and mimic its mating call and that can yeah. turn it from you know so, indifferent to friends. So yeah, again, well. here's a fun idea for for actor backgrounds and people with mimicry and stuff like that is instead of being, oh well I can copy people's voices, you'd be like, Oh, I do a really good owl bear impersonation. Yeah. Well would an owl bear Yeah, it's like hoot grr. Hoot grr. Hoot grr. Grr hoot. Grr hoot hoot grr. All right, so we're just making funny noises into our podcast now. If you're still here, thank you, people. Thank you Uh, so much for joining us this week. Good times. Good times. Uh, I hope that I hope that some of that gives you some idea that um, you know persuasion and uh, deception aren't just straight you know roles or even that performance in some cases they can be contested you can or you can use the chart here that you can sort of use it back and forth that it isn't you know one and done that it's an ongoing thing that it involves some role play at the table to make it work even better or worse mm. uh if as a player you flub it up terribly and trip over all your words don't worry about it 
uh, let the dice roll and maybe the character, maybe the monster is somehow smitten by your your funny bumbliness. Mm. Maybe they burst into laughter about it and are charmed yeah. that way. Or an uh, Archfey warlock perhaps could you know, call upon their own deity, like, oh, you don't want to be on bad terms with her, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be on bad terms with her, you know, exactly. or... Um, play, to, play to your backstory, play to... I could have played a fey wanderer ranger there, and been a little bit more like, I know of your fey tricks, so-and-so, and how to banish you, or whatever, you know, and trying to intimidate yeah. them a little bit more, but... Yeah, there's many directions you can go, and I think just you know getting into it and giving it a go rather than just yeah. going straight into combat is, is it's, the best way to improve. And I suppose that's why the, the the social interaction pillar is harder to mm-hmm. it's harder to have rules. They're more guidelines, really. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you, you just got to sort of work with those guidelines and yeah, mm-hmm. have fun with the world's greatest role playing game. Yeah, and I've learned that some groups are very good at combat and knowing the rules. And some groups aren't as good at keeping track of the rules, but are very, very good at sure being able to talk and banter and enter into social, you know, interaction. Yeah. You know, or explore exploration, you know, explore yeah. exploration. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just saying as a, as a DM, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hinge everything on a, a, a player's single role mm. in an interact social interaction. Yeah. I, any more than I'd like have combat resolved over a single roll. Exactly. I'd, I'd let, let it have a few sort of stages, let it kind of There's build and fall and be, can be go cast. back There's and forth. Go, exactly. Let it play out for a little while. Don't just end it with the first roll. I wouldn't roll. say roll for everything you say, you know? No, no. I, but I said, and change the type of rolls, like whether it's sort of on a table like this, uh, and ask yourself, Oh, as a DM, does, am I, is the player asking it to sacrifice something? And in which case, maybe we can test this with their insights and mm. things like that. They had a good insight check. They if they did. failed that insight check, they maybe would have gone, oh, okay. Yeah, or not notice that little goat bleat, yeah. you know? Uh, or whatever. So the dice help tell the story, and yeah, at that point, yeah. you just make it up. Mm. Exactly. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining this episode. We've been going for over 50 minutes now. Uh, have uh, have, have a week. very social interactive week, and Ooh, if you ever get in, role. if you ever get in trouble, just remember to say parlay, parlay. That's right. All right, everyone. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>